Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Close of Business Tuesday. We've got a fantastic guest. You've probably heard about him, Adam Anderson. He's the CEO of Innovex. He's a longtime oil and gas exec. He worked at Baker Hughes. He's a Colorado School of Mines guy, a Duke MBA. But you may know him as the North Face guy. <laughs> I know that that doesn't do justice. You're so much more than that, uh, Adam. But uh, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Uh, if you don't know, I'm referring to uh, some recent press about an interaction between Innovex and, and North Face. But Adam, let me let you introduce yourself and Innovex just for all our all our viewers out there, just to get to know you before we get into this this uh, crazy story. Hey, all right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, so my background, real quick, as you said, I'm a Colorado School of Mines uh, engineer. Worked in oil field service for 20 plus years now. Um, I've been at Innovex or predecessor companies for about six years. Uh, Innovex is a, uh, a downhole tool business. We design, manufacture, and sell a pretty broad array of well, well-centric products from the wellhead down to the toe of the well. Uh, we think about our business in three broad product buckets, uh, well construction, largely uh, products used uh, in the casing string to help cement the uh, casing in place. Uh, well completion, which is frack plugs, liner hangers, production packers, uh, things like this. And well production, which is uh, predominantly today ESP penetrators for packers, wellheads, along with the associated wellhead equipment that, um, that those penetrators are, are used with. Uh, we're Houston is home. We have our main uh, corporate engineering manufacturing sales here in Houston. And then we've got Oh, roughly 15 different service centers across the U.S. We're in all the major U.S. shale basins. Uh, we're in Saudi Arabia and Oman. Um, so that's kind of our business today. We're, we're private equity backed. We're owned by an uh, industrial oil field service focused private equity firm called Intervale Capital. Uh, they've been real good to work with and very supportive through our, our growth over the last few years. Our strategy in general has been to grow both through a combination of uh, organic growth, uh, just hiring really great people, empowering them to, to go be successful, uh, and, and a strong R&D pipeline. So we're constantly innovating and bringing new products to market. Roughly 40% of our business today is from products that didn't exist uh, four years ago. So I think that's a, a testament to our process, to our people in the field who are good at identifying what customers want, all the way back through engineering and manufacturing to create those um, innovations. Uh, the last thing I'll say is we uh, about six weeks ago, we announced an, an exciting next step for our organization. Uh, we announced the acquisition of Rubicon Oilfield Internationally, which in many ways is similar to Innovex, a downhole tools uh, business focused on design, manufacture, um, and sales of a, of a broad array of well-centered products as well. I think the primary difference, we're much more U.S. land focused, probably 90% uh, U.S. land last year. Uh, Rubicon is much more international. So on a combined basis, we're going to be a little bit more diverse, both in terms of the amount and um, capabilities of the company in terms of products but also our, our broad geographic footprint now will be expanded. So that's the quick uh, thumbnail sketch on us. No, that looked, that was fantastic. And, you know, uh, irony is I'm going to have to get an Innovex mouse pad because I have a, <laughs> I have a Rubicon. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm going to need your help there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, how many people do you have, Adam? So we're roughly 400, uh, 400 folks today, but we've got, 
a great team of folks who work across uh, Houston and across the U.S. and internationally. Houston is, is probably the, the single largest place. We employ people, probably about 150 folks here in Houston. That ranges from sales folks to design engineers to manufacturing um, folks. And then out in the field, we've got um, sales along with a pretty heavy um, dose of field service folks. So we have probably employ about 150 folks who actually go to the rigs to install the equipment that we sell. So most of the products uh, we provide, we sell to the to the ENP operator, engineer, uh, field superintendent, and then we pr- we ship the product to location, and then one of our service personnel go out and install that. Um, so that, that kind of gives you a general feel of the different folks that that we employ. Um, most, most people here are, say, dyed in the world, energy, oil and gas folks who've been in the business for a long time, very passionate about what they do. And, um, I think the, the, the big tribute to ours or the big reason for our success is that capability, the hard work, dedication of the folks on the team. And that was a lot of what inspired me to write the, the letter that I did. Well, I was kind of, uh, I was leading the witness a, a little bit because <laughs> I, I know that they are passionate, hardworking, uh, creative, uh, you know, love energy, love what they do, uh, people across a whole bunch of places. And that, that I think maybe gets us to uh, towing into this story. So like, as I understand it, like all great leaders, you were, you know, thinking about a, a little uh, bling to, uh, you know, yeah. kind of people for their work, show some pride. And let me let you tell the yeah. story. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. As you, as you guys know, uh, as well as anybody this year in the energy business has been really tough on folks. And we've had to do a lot to right size our organization. We've asked a lot of everybody that works for us today in a whole variety of different ways. And the response from the team has been fantastic, which is part of the reason the company has been successful and, and has continued to thrive throughout a really difficult 2020. Uh, so every year around this time, we typically do a, a, a some kind of Christmas present. It's not it's not huge, but something to just help folks rec- let folks know that we're we're thinking about them, uh, giving them something a little bit um, special, kind of commemorative um, with an Innovex logo on it. This year, we decided jackets would be a nice um, a nice way to do it. Uh, we have actually in the, recently earlier this year, we'd ordered some really nice North Face jackets, like twenty or thirty of them for some internal folks as well as some customers. And we said, hey, we really like that look. Let's go ahead and do a batch order of 400 of those. And we'll have this every single employee will get the exact same jacket, uh, which we think would be really, really nice. Uh, so we went to a, um, a third-party distributor who does this kind of stitching work for us and buys the, buys the paraphernalia from different folks that we might be, might be working with. And we said, hey, we want to do 400 North Face jackets. This distributor went to the North Face, and they were told that um, the North Face would not support selling the jackets to Innovex and co-branding with Innovex because we are in the oil and gas business. Wow. So do you suppose in something like this, um, I mean, of course, who knows, I, I guess, so you're working through a third party, North Face must like go to your website and they do some research and then they, yeah. they just decide. Um, so they yeah. obviously don't interview you. It's not like there's any, they just no. decide you're, you're bad. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how that works exactly, but my assumption is once the order volume gets above a certain level, somebody over there starts doing a little bit of research on what it is they're they're co-branding with, and that's where they they find it. And again, this was not, in fairness to to North Face, wasn't directly with us, was through the third party. But we've got, um, let's say, the line of communication to to know what actually transpired back and forth. Um, so uh, so that's kind of how it 
came to be. And so subsequently to me posting my note, I actually got a, a few folks from other one ENP and one much larger service company than Innovex reached out to us to say, hey, we had the exact same thing happen to us in 2017, 2018. So I don't so think you, this is anything that's unique to to us. So you said you posted your note. What where did you where did you post the note? Yeah, so I posted it to LinkedIn. Uh, it's the only social media platform that I'm really, you know, visit or have any any presence on. Let's say uh, I was I was hoping when I, I, I think the primary let's say when when I, I I saw or heard about the decision from North Face, it was stunning to me. Um, and I think the most important thing I was trying to accomplish is I wanted most of the employees of Innovex to read the the note, which in some ways I'm sure many of you have seen or read the uh, Alex Epstein's The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. That was uh, kind of my inspiration, let's say. And I was really just trying to summarize a lot of the key points that he was making and make that relevant to um, employees of Innovex so that they felt that they understood and felt the um, – let's say, the moral good of what the oil industry does, that this is not some necessary evil. This is something that's critical, foundational to human prosperity and human flourishing, and that we should be celebrating that, not apologizing for that. And so I was hoping that some of our folks would read it and, and appreciate the content, and it had a, a slightly larger uh, engagement than I'd expected. So how do your how do your people, you know, just a kind of a dumb question in a way, but I, I know your people don't like seeing something like that, but does it get them uh, fired up or does it um, wear on them, so to speak? Or well, How do your people react to something like you have to tell them, hey, it's not personal at some level? Yeah, you know? yeah I think in some way everyone kind of, I think the initial response in some ways is, is like water off a duck. We've seen this before. I was, I'm aware of a couple other outdoor brands that I think have a similar, similar view. And um, certainly we're for example, we have business in Colorado. I'm a Colorado School of Mines guy, so you kind of see how the industry is viewed uh, in Colorado. And I think in some ways, it's uh, not unexpected. And so I think a lot of people say, well, this is kind of what we should come to expect is for other folks outside the industry to have this negative view of what we do. You probably, as you think about this, I think sometimes we're assume that um, people don't understand that the the zipper is made of plastic and they don't think through how do you deliver your stuff you use as yeah. oil and gas? How do you run your factory? You know, a gazillion things. Uh, maybe they do understand all that and they just, um, you know, they just think a position like this is, uh, is better for business. I, I don't know. We, none of yeah. us know, but it's, it's, it's hard to know. They don't understand at some level. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, Adam, I saw your your post on LinkedIn and uh, immediately really resonated with me. So um, the research analyst in me could not resist uh, finding you know the the corporate chain of ownership. So I I looked at VF Corp <laughs> and and I went through their sustainability documents and you know they they do have on their website you know kind of their description of chemicals for vendors and the policies that they you know like to adhere to and. You know, that's fine. I think we, we can all agree with that and understand that. And one thing that really stood out for me um, in your letter was I, I thought the tone was just very reasonable. I'm going to quote your own letter back to you. I would appreciate you reconsidering this stance. We should be celebrating the benefits of what oil and gas do to enable the outdoors lifestyle your brands embrace. Without oil and gas, there would be no market for nor ability to create the products your company sells. All true. I mean, that's just factually yeah. accurate. And so... I can also, you know, get a little bit of the the co-branding, you know, angle. It's it's a little, you know, squishy, 
But uh, I guess my question to you would be, you know, I, I assume that the guys in the field, the men and women are, are buying boots. We have rain jackets. We, we have apparel. Um, I think the one thing that really stood out to me was that it's pretty clear you're still willing to buy the products from this company and its parent, but they're not willing to partner with you. Um, how, how would you comment about that? Yeah, so I, I think for me, the I wasn't trying to say, hey, I'm never going to, I own some North Face things. I, I like their their products. And as you pointed out, they have some other brands that uh, we use as an industry. I use as a, you know, I, I have a number of those things in my closet. And I, I I think the main thing I was trying to do is just create a dialogue that they at least recognize the inconsistency in their stance uh, with the fact that hydrocarbons are fundamental to not just the supply chain to go into their products, but also the the activities that they really embrace. And I've, if you look in their their websites, you'll see uh, there was a the one I saw this weekend of a guy climbing a mountain in Antarctica, and there's just simply no way that gentleman's going to be able to to do that activity without an abundance of low cost, reliable energy uh, only available today through through hydrocarbons. And so I just I find those the, the inconsistencies in those statements just wild. And I was hoping that they'd be able to like at least respond to that. But I think to a point that Maynard made earlier, I think it's, it's probably driven by um, it's, it's uh, better for their business to say, Hey, we, yeah, we acknowledge that we have to use oil today in some ways, but over time we're going to do all these things to move away from it, uh, which I think are, are actually, I think everybody under appreciates um, the, the challenge of doing that. Or I say everybody, I think the, um, the general, view of, of, of uh, folks who aren't intimate with the business underestimate um, why hydrocarbons, oil and gas in particular, are so critical to the uh, to the modern world. Yeah, well, I mean, picking up on that point, you know, the Maynard made already that obviously the folks running the company are aware of what their supply chain looks like. Uh, those feedstocks yeah. are absolutely crystal clear. And if you have documents, and I encourage everybody to go to that website, it's it's like listed down to the chemical level. <laughs> I haven't um, done that, but that'd be good. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very clear cut and good and good for them for being so specific about it. It amply demonstrates their company is 100% dependent on on hydrocarbons and always will be. So um, you know, I think one thing that might be good that comes out of it, and I would commend you for this, is management knew that, but I have a feeling that many many people among the customers did not. And so now we have yet another example that um, education is a good thing and and, and honest and intellectually. Uh, direct conversation can be a good thing. And everybody should fully understand that North Face is completely dependent upon the oil and gas industry. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Well, I, I think if this um, if this story had a, a really happy ending, um, right after we send this video out, you'll get, you know, 20 boxes with 400 jackets uh, from, uh, from North Face. Yeah, um, but I, I think it speaks to uh, all of us need to keep working to um, convince everyone, particularly consumers, of uh, of how, uh, for lack of a better word, how cool oil and gas is. And um, and in these energy conversations, we we've just got to remind people, oil and gas is a respected member of the team. We're going to do our job to get cleaner and. Uh, and be uh, cheaper and all those good things. And everybody else is going to work on their sources of energy too. And we're all in this together. So that's, uh, anyway, uh, well now, Adam, this story uh, doesn't end there. Cause I think you, you did find a way 
to get the jackets, as I we, understand. Yeah, we got so we the same distributor suggested a couple other uh, manufacturers, and so we ended up getting jackets, not not North Face jackets, but we got other jackets delivered with the the Novex logo. They look great. Distributed them. I'm sure now everybody, myself included, is uh, as a has a slightly different view and meaning on a, on a, a thing like a jacket, which in the grand scheme of things is, um, uh, you know, not, it's a little bit overblown, I think in some ways, like it's just a jacket, but I think the the meaning of it now is so much more than it would have been otherwise in some ways. You know, this is not a story about, um, life and death. Um, but it has a similar theme to, uh, a story we did last week, which is on access to capital. And, um, you can't, at least there's a proposal, a discussion about not being excluding an industry from capital based on what the industry does, assuming it's a legal and, you know, ethical uh, industry. And so this is a small version of it, but uh, we've just got to open people's eyes uh, to oil and gas. And also this, this, uh, I think Colin would tell us the Venn diagram which is the intersection of people who don't like oil and gas, but who depend on it and use it every day. <laughs> this is a strange, this is a, this is a unique subset uh, of, of, of folks. And I just feel like that, that position we should all question at some level. Yeah. And, and I think the, the capital investment angle that you, you mentioned is a very important one. I think one thing that goes, I guess the reason I'm, one of the reasons I'm passionate about it is I think that, we all want to see the world continue to to thrive and get better. Uh, there's something like a billion people today who don't have access to electricity. And it's great for us in the West to say, hey, we should go to, you know, totally carbon neutral, even though that's not practical at all, not possible today. Um, but more than anything, like there's a billion people out there who don't have access to any consistent, low cost, reliable um, energy, clean energy for their 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 house and uh, their home and everything that they need to, to thrive themselves. And I think that as we starve the industry for capital, we're only going to make energy more expensive over time. And I think that that's a, a huge problem for the world. So I guess that, that's part of the reason I'm passionate about it. Meanwhile, other folks who are more green oriented or viewed to be you know, better effectively get free capital um, to, to go and do, do different things. Whereas an industry that's so critical, such a critical building block to humanity is getting starved of capital. I think that's going to be over the next 10, 20 years, a challenge. I think this also, it kind of goes to a, um, uh, a challenge that a lot of organizations face where they're, they're, they're trying to make a statement or they're trying to enter the, the fray in a productive way that reflects what they think are their, uh, beliefs. And then they, it's easy to do it in a way that creates more noise than it was worth. So I think it's like, Colin, if you were North Face and you wanted to make the world a greener place, there's, there's probably a better way to do that than refusing to sell oil and gas companies logoed product. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> one of my favorite jackets is a North Face fleece that's older than my children who routinely <laughs> ask me to get a new one. And it's such a high quality product, I still wear it. So I think that's what's great about this story. It's it's both um, folks in the conversation are reasonable people and good businesses that perform a good social function. And, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us who care about ESG, and we all do, to recognize there's an S component to this, there's a G component to this, 
that was a very reasonable ask, a very reasonable follow-up. And, um, you know, and, and I just like it because it, it reminds us all that, you know, pay attention. And, and uh, I like the way that you phrased it, Maynard. We, we're all trying to get cleaner. We all want to have access to electricity and, and, you know, that great world. And we want uh, North Face to thrive and we want Innovex to thrive. So yeah. let's it's, find that balance. Yeah. And I do think the interesting thing with an ESG is everyone's focused on the E, but what about the societal um, benefit that our industry provides, not just for the world, which I talked about a little bit earlier, but also for our country and within our industry. I mean, this has been, our industry has been a great source of industrial high quality jobs um, over the last, well, hundred years, but last 10, 20 years in particular. And I think there's an underappreciation of that. What, what we do, what the industry does is is good for the workers in that industry. And we create, we've created some of the, you know, great jobs for people. And Adam, uh, let me just I make one other point on, on, on that. <clears throat> these these sort of things can often be portrayed as costless, right? It, it's not costless. Yeah. Real jobs at stake. In fact, we just got the, the US jobs report on, on Friday, December 4th. And one number that really jumped out at me is quite striking is the unemployment rate in mining, quarrying, and oil and gas extraction is now 19.2%. It's by far the highest of, of any industry. And you know, this is a moment in time where we're trying to repair our country. It's it's not a time for gratuitous insults to people who are yeah. you know, performing a, a really important function. I mean, it it also reminds you that um, in any organization, like like we as we collectively have got to do a better job. This is what we've been having a lot of fun doing. Do a better job helping people really understand uh, energy. What we've been talking about lately is. The energy transition in this whole discussion, it, it's seemingly one of the dominant issues of our lifetime. Um, it is uh, has a lot of passions in it. People have strong views. Um, and the vast majority of people don't understand it. Like, it's really complicated. <laughs> so you have, it's wildly important. The people who do have opinions, you know, people, most people have a strong opinion and most people don't know much. So it's a, it's a, it's where this kind of stuff can happen in an environment like that. So I just think our industry has to be more proud of what we do and more proud of the people that work within it, not apologize for it. Well, I think that's a, that's a great place to, to wrap up at some level. Um, you know, your, your, your coworkers, your colleagues, they're your family and you're just uh, standing up for your family. And that's a, that's a really Absolutely. nice thing to do. Kind of fits the holiday season. Well, I think, uh, Adam, we just owe you a big, big thank you for, for coming on and, and telling us this story. And But uh, but anyway, thank you so much. It's, it's, it's great to visit with you. No, thank you, guys. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed it. All right. Take care. Have a good holiday. Bye, everybody.